Amen. Praise God. How many of you feel the presence of the Lord in the house of God today? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm excited to get into the word of God. Again, my name is Edin Botero. I'm not Pastor Chris. He's got more hair than me. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm the movement students coordinator uh, here for Horizon West Church. We're excited. God is doing a lot of things in our students. And I'm excited to, to, to be here and a shepherd and to see them grow. It's been awesome experiencing that. I know for, for myself as well, you know, being a youth, I was a little bit of a knucklehead. So, you know, God can do wonders in me. I know he could do good things to our students. Amen. I just wanted to share before we get into the word of God. Um, how many of you ever heard a teaching? You're like, man, that is a profound teaching. Like that is like an amazing teaching of God's word. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> so this is going to have a little bit of a youth group feel. You know, I, I am the, the youth coordinator, so, you know, I keep it grizzly, so bear with me, you know. No? Okay. Grizzly bears. Okay, but um, <laughs> so many of us heard different teachings and different things like that. Um, there's a teaching in the Bible that's literally Jesus' teaching, and I, I share this with the students all the time, and I encourage them on their daily to read it. And it's uh, the, uh, in, the, in the book of Matthew, Matthew five, six, and seven, through the three chapters Jesus is laying out, kingdom culture, I like to call it, and just ways to live. And I wanted to look into a little scripture before we start our teaching and then I'll open in prayer. It says in verse 25 of chapter six, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or what, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need of them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. One of the things I love about that passage is a reminder that God is in the details, that he sees us in the different seasons that we are in. But when we focus our, when we align ourselves with the heart of God, when we focus in on the truth of who he is, like the scripture says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God will begin to align our lives with his will. And today um, I was thinking we're going to continue our series that Pastor Chris has been starting, um, the We Are series. I was praying and I was like, what's a word of encouragement that I could share with our community that I feel like God is really speaking in this hour. And I felt led to go to Romans 8. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to read verses 35 through 39. And the phrasing that's in here is that we are more than conquerors. I want, I want you guys to say that to the person next to you. Say, we're more than conquerors. All right, now the person on the other side of you say, we're more than conquerors. All right, I told you all, it's going to have a little bit of youth group vibes. So. <laughs> but I'm going to read Romans 8, uh, verse 35 through 39. And it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. Now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angel, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm just going to pray real quick. God, I thank you, Lord 
that you are here in our midst. God, that you love us. I ask, Lord, that you would just open our eyes this morning. God, as I share these truths, that I, I believe that you've been, you, you're wanting me to encourage our community, God, that we would begin to embrace that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us in Jesus' name. I love the phrasing that Paul's using here. He says, we are more than conquerors, but not in our own strength. He says, through Christ, through him who loved us. One of the first truths that I want to kind of focus in here that I believe that Paul's trying to communicate to the body of Christ is in order to become more, more than a conqueror, we must receive the love of Jesus. In this chapter, the Apostle Paul is laying down some intense truths. And I encourage you, read the chapter. I mean, read the whole book. It's, it's very powerful. But Paul's encounter with Jesus, it's one of the most radical conversions that we can see documented in Scripture. After the death and resurrection of Jesus, Paul, formerly known as Saul, um, he was on a mission, and that was to hunt down the early church leaders. Some were imprisoned, some were beaten and harassed, and, and some were even stoned to death. And through this process, Jesus reveals himself to Paul, and he asks him a simple question. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I thought this was so fascinating, because Jesus is addressing Paul, but Paul's not physically persecuting Jesus. So this is a reminder that, again, seek first the kingdom of God. God is in our interests, and when we are aligned with his body, he moves on our behalf. Scripture says that when we understand the truth of God's goodness, we can overcome many things. I believe Paul had to embrace the love of Christ. He had to receive love. And through this uh, encounter that he had with Jesus, his life was radically transformed. And he was kind of on uh, both sides of persecution, right? He was the persecutor, and then he had an encounter with Jesus, was walking after truth, and became the one who he started to get persecuted. And it's interesting, we're going to kind of look at his life and his journey and what some things that he's gone through in the process. But something that I found very interesting about this interaction is that he had to receive the forgiveness and the love that God offers to us. See, when, when, when I say that phrase, more than conquer, sometimes I feel like that, that isn't really, it's not real ap applicable for today's life. Like, what does that even mean, we're more than conquerors? Like, we can do anything? Like, is that what it means? I believe what Paul is trying to communicate with the body of Christ is that whatever may happen in our lives, as the scripture was describing, tribulation, distress, persecution, that it will not conquer us. But through the love of Christ, we can be able to sustain through much difficulty. And I find that fascinating. And we see that active in Paul's life. And again, thinking practically, can you imagine as an individual, right? We've, I think all of us have a testimony that we've gone through something and we've experienced something in our past. And sometimes we have to deal with the trauma of our past. And here, God is calling an individual where even the body of Christ in that day were scared to come talk to him. Like the Lord was speaking to somebody, hey, you're going to meet Paul and you got to talk to him. He's like, you talk about the guy who's killing Christians? Like they were scared to come up to him. Right? So this is the type of tension that was between Saul, before he turned into Paul, and the early church. But in his transformation, he gives his life to Jesus. Now he's declaring truth, the mysteries of the gospel, the truth of the word of God. And it, it, to me, I, I wonder as an individual, right, as a real human being who has feelings and emotions, that must have been a little bit difficult. Because there probably was a kid in the crowd, he's looking at this man, he's like, you're the reason my dad was stoned to death. 
or you're, you're the reason my dad's in prison, and now you're telling me about Jesus? That, that's, that's difficult for a human, right, to, to understand. That's a supernatural thing that has to happen in the heart of a human. But we can overcome those difficult distresses when we embrace the love of Christ. You know, and, and, and this, these types of persecution that Paul went through, I, I'm pretty sure it's more than some hater on social media, right? It's, I, I want to kind of look at the things that Paul experienced. And with that, it brings me into my second point. In order for us to become more than a conqueror, we have to experience the love of Jesus. Just kind of laid out how Paul had an experience. Paul had an encounter with the living God. And that is a blessing that we as believers have. It's, a, it's the, the hinge of our faith that we believe that Jesus died on a cross, that he resurrected and he sent his spirit to empower us to live this life that we're living. But most importantly is Jesus is not dead. He's alive. We can experience, we can encounter him through the word of God, through times of prayer and worship. We can seek the Lord. I was thinking about experiences and I just wanted, I was curious, how many of you guys like spicy food? Hey, some people like spicy food up in here, right? I know we got different cultures, different styles here. I'm Spanish, grew up liking spicy food. And I have two sons, they're 10 and 12 years old. And we always try to test the limits of our, you know, what we can do with spice. And um, even like we go to Taco Bell, I don't know if you guys like Taco Bell, but me and my kids, we love Taco Bell. Um, but we kind of joke around about the Diablo sauce. It's like their hottest sauce. That's like our base heat. We're like, what is this? What? This is not hot sauce. You know, we joke around. But there's this uh, restaurant and the Plant Street Market. I don't know if you guys ever went there. It's called Fat Mike's Hot Chicken. Oh, my gosh. I got the mild, like, fried chicken, and I was like, oh, I got this. This is nothing. Literally had to put, like, ranch, ketchup. I'm like, I need more fries. I'm, like, trying to get anything to dilute the heat on this. It was just so spicy. And similar interaction. I love food, as you can tell. Um, but um, I love food. So another time we were, we were eating sushi with a friend. And um, how many of you guys like sushi too? Sushi lovers up here? Yeah, guys, we got to eat together. It's community, right? So uh, we love sushi. And we're going to our friend. It's like our first time eating like at a Japanese restaurant and stuff like that. We're, we're cautioning her. We're like, yo, like the, the wasabi is hot. And she's like, no, it's not. She literally gets a spoonful of wasabi and just puts the whole thing in her mouth. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And she just books it to the bathroom. <laughs> But a lot of times, we can, our experiences determine how we approach things, right? So my experience with heat cautions me now when I approach spicy food. I'm not as ambitious as I was before where I'm like, I'll take on any heat, you know. I'm a little bit more cautious when approaching and experiencing different types of heat. In the same way, I feel when I talk about experiencing the love of Christ, for some of us, our experiences with love could caution us to approach approaching God's love. Maybe our experiences with love from a parent, a sibling, a spouse or a friend has left us feeling burned. And we approach opening our hearts to the love of God with caution. I mentioned how the Apostle Paul had his share of persecution. And I want to kind of read so we can kind of see a glimpse of what kind of things that Paul was experiencing, right? So when he's saying these, these ambitious phrases like, life or death, we're more than conquerors, we can do it. I kind of want to see what was his lived experience? What did he experience in his life? And in uh, 2 Corinthians, you could turn there in your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 through 27. I want to look briefly at some things that Paul went through. And it says, five times... I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. It's like worse than Titanic. (laughs) On frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and in thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. I read this and I'm like, what motivated him? What, what was, why would he keep doing that? Like, why would someone go through all those experiences, right? I feel like some of us will get like a, um, a flat tire or we'll go through something in our lives and we're just like, well, that's it. I think, you know, so something's, going, something's wrong, something's wrong. You know, like we go through a series of events and we're like, I must be doing something wrong. There's something wrong in my life. Here, Paul is literally being persecuted. We read this and, and for me, I think it's interesting. He says in, in the verse, once I was stoned. And I'm like, wait. So to us, stoning is culturally different, right? In that day, if you're being stoned, like they're trying to like put you to death, right? Like, so essentially he was pretty much left for dead. You know, they're throwing these 20-pound, 50-pound stones at him. And he's like, once I was stoned for death. But there's something about that experience that he had with Jesus. Something about receiving that love that said, through all these things, it's nothing. There's another passage uh, in the scriptures where it says that he's, like, he's the Hebrew of Hebrews, the Pharisee of Pharisees. And, and Paul, he's kind of saying, y'all, I've been on both sides of the fence. I did this self-righteous religious thing. You know, I thought I was right in the eyes of God. Now I'm experiencing persecution and I'm still, I could still boast. But in the thing that he boasts on, the thing that he chooses to boast in is in the goodness and in the grace of God. That was his experience with the love of Christ. That's how we can become more than conquerors. And it made me think of this movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Sandlot. You guys ever seen Sandlot? I know my age is showing with that reference, but um, it's a cool movie. It's an old, old, old school movie uh, about baseball. And uh, one of the kids, he moves to a new town or whatever, and um, he's totally not a sports person, kind of like me. Um, but um, he's connected with these kids. He wants, to, he wants to build friends. And so he goes, and they're talking to him like, you don't know who Babe Ruth is? And they're like, you know, he's the Sultan of Swat, the King of Crash, the Colossus of Cloud. They say all these names. And he's just like, oh, yeah, oh, Babe Ruth. I didn't know you meant, but, you know, he tries to, like, walk through. And it, and it made me think of, like, man. Uh, Paul, he has this resume, if you would, of persecution from a religious standpoint, but as well for standing up for the gospel. But still, what he chooses to boast in is not in his flesh, not in his strength, but through Christ, through the love of God, he can overcome those things. And the beautiful thing that I'm reminded as I'm, I'm studying this and reading this, this is for us. These exhortations is for us. It's not just for the Apostle Paul or for the early church leaders. It's for us as believers when we go through difficulty, we can stand firm on the love of Christ. What can separate us, the scripture says. It's like there's a difference from the saying, don't touch that stove, I heard you can get burned, versus I've touched the stove, I've been burned before, be careful. There's another scripture again where Paul's encouraging the church in 2 Timothy. So I'm going to do a lot of scriptures here so we can kind of, I encourage you, go back and listen to this teaching or, or go back and read these scriptures, study and understand more of Paul's life. But in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, Paul's encouraging Timothy and he says this, At my first defense, 
No one came to stand by me. I thought this was interesting. Because <laughs> it's like, again, he's going through persecution. You guys, I don't know if you guys have those friends who are like, bro, I got your back, man. I'm with you. Wherever you go, I go. I got you. You know, and then here's, here's Paul experiencing persecution. He's like, oh, my people are going to be here. And it says, no, on my first offense, no one came to stand by me. But all deserted me. They all deserted me. May it not be a charge against them. And I love that. But then he says, but the Lord stood by me. And he strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever and amen. Sometimes we read even that last phrase, we wrestle with it. The Lord will rescue rescue me from every evil deed. We think that, you know, well, if that's true, then why does this happen to this person or why does that happen? The other half of it says, bring me safely into his kingdom, into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever. Paul understands life or death, present or future, nothing is going to separate me from the love of Christ. Whatever I experience on this life, whatever I experience on earth, it's, 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 it's minimal. It's momentary compared to what God has for me. There's a quote uh, from Matthew Henry I want to share. He says, the more we know of other things, the less we wonder at them. But the further we are led into the acquaintance with gospel mysteries, the more we are affected with the admiration of them. We have to make the first things first. Like I was saying earlier in Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God. This is how, you know, when we're anxious about what's happening in our lives or what's going on, we anchor ourselves in the love of God. We're able to be sustained in our journey with Christ. A few weeks ago, uh, we took the movement students to hear a guest speaker named Sean Emery. And uh, he calls himself a perception artist. And I just want to say, like, when I got on the bus on the way back home taking the kids, I think I warned them like 50 times. I was like, do not try this at home. Do not try this at home. Do not. I was so nervous. I'm going to get so many phone calls from parents. But this guy's a perception artist. And he literally gets like a six-inch nail and he just hammers it in his nose. And it was pretty gnarly. This is as gnarly as I'm, I'm trying to describe it. But he does all these things. And um, with it, he has a message that he shares. And the message that he shared, that it was a, a continued biblical idea, is that we live in a world of deception all around us. And we need to be rooted in the truth of God's word. When we're rooted in the, in the truth of who we are, in the truth of what God says, we won't be shaken by the, the lies of the enemy. Which leads me to my next, uh, to the third truth of becoming more than a conqueror is we must pour out the love of Jesus. When we're rooted in truth, I think of, think about, thinking about this, pouring out your love, the first person that I think about in the Bible is King David, right? King David, we know through scripture, it says that he is a man after God's own heart. And I think it's so fascinating Looking at, if, you ever, if you've never done a study of the life of David, I encourage you, do a study on the life of David. This is a person who experienced rejection, right, but still found peace and acceptance and joy in the presence of God. That was his understanding of who our God is. So he would worship him on the hillsides, not having a name, not having a title, being hidden. When the prophet comes to his family's house, his dad's like gathering all the brothers except him. Right? But still, he, he, he worships Jesus. And right, how many of us, like, I think about it even sometimes now, like, 
we were at um, Surge a, a few weeks ago, and I'm seeing all these youth jumping up and down, and I'm jumping up and down. And, you know, sometimes, like, what happens? It's like when we get older, I don't know if it's like we're too heavy or we just don't want to jump anymore, but, like, we, it's like our passion gets, like, contained. Like, we're seeing these kids just jump and, like, worship so expressively to Jesus. And I'm like, man, this is amazing. And King David was one of those individuals where that never changed. His worship, his devotion, his love for Jesus never, for God at the time, Jesus wasn't on the earth yet. But you know what I'm saying, for God, it never changed. And, and there's a scripture right here that I'm about to share, Psalms 27 verse 4. It kind of encapsulates his heart of how he was devoting. Again, he's king of Israel. He's known as one of the most mightiest warriors, one of the, the richest person on earth on his time. Like so many things about him, but this is, this is what's his heart cry. Matthew, I mean, excuse me, Proverbs Oh my gosh, I need coffee. Uh, Psalms 27 verse 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing I desire. So he's not, you know, like some of us, which again, it's not wrong. You know, I think inside of all of us, we have a longing to be great, right? So there's things that we want to be great at. Right? But this was the, one of the main things that David wanted to be great at. He didn't want to be the greatest king. He didn't want to be the great. He said, I want to be great in your sight. I want to know you. You are my one thing. You are the thing I want to be great at, is worshiping. So the more we gaze on the beauty of the gospel, the more we are acclimated with the truth of the scriptures. Death, persecution, pain are only momentary light afflictions and nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory the Lord has prepared for us. It's this idea, I don't know if you ever heard, um, the way they, the, um, sometimes they're spotting counterfeit dollars. They study the real thing. They pay attention to the details, the patterns, the shadings, the series of numbers. And by gazing at the real dollar, it's easy for them to spot the counterfeit. The more that we gaze, the more that we are engulfed in the reality of who God is, you will not be shaken by the empty promises or the empty threats of the enemy. Whatever the enemy may try to rob us, they can never rob us from the love of Christ because we are more than conquerors. I want to read another passage in Ephesians chapter 3. This is uh, words of encouragement that I want to bring. And before we turn there, there's this worship song that I love so much because this is, I, I understand this in a portion, not to the degree that Paul has, right? Because he kind of went through, I haven't even went to a, a 0.1% of what he's been through, right, when it comes to persecution and standing up for the faith. But I, nonetheless, I've experienced the goodness of God in my life. I've gone through difficulty. I've experienced certain things. And I love this song called Lion and the Lambs. It's a worship song. We, we sing it a few times here. And I love to sing the bridge. And the bridge of the, that song says, who can stop the Lord Almighty? And it's, it's, they repeat it four times. And, and for me, I think I'm like, I sing that not as a question. I sing that in faith and as a challenge. I'm so confident in the love of Christ, so anchored in the truth of what his word says. Who can stop him? What God, what man, what power, what government, what nation? No one can stop the Lord God Almighty. And I'm reminded of that when I sing that. And I just sing it in faith. I'm like, this is our God. This is who we serve. This is who we have access to. Right? Because we serve the one true living God. Ephesians chapter 3, again, Paul is encouraging the church. 
And listen to what he says in verse 14 through 21. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you, check this out, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the powers at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is a central theme throughout all the New Testament writings of the Apostle Paul. The power of the gospel, the power of the love of Christ to surpass knowledge. And again, like I said, through this spirit, like it says there in the verse, through his spirit that we may be rooted and grounded in love. We overcome when we're rooted in the love of Christ. Nothing can separate us. You know, I, I had a picture, I don't know if we, if we want to show it, but... Um, so this is crazy. A few years ago, because you know social media sometimes is superficial, right? If you don't know that it is. <laughs> and sometimes people like to show the good stuff that happens. And so for me, I like to like kind of counteract that at times. And so I posted a picture one time of, of me getting a flat tire. And it was just like, just, you know, God's just trying to keep me low. And just making fun of it, like whatever. Like things happen in our lives. And sometimes we're so like, oh, like, I don't want to show that. Or oh, my world is ending because something bad is happening. But it's not. It doesn't have to be that way. And, and don't get me wrong. We're emotional creatures, right? We, we, we have emotions. That is a real thing. We can get angry. We can be happy. We can, ha we can be sad. We can mourn. So we, we experience things. But nothing, none of those things can shake the love of Christ in our lives. When we're anchored, when we're rooted in who we are. And this is a truth that the Apostle Paul is laying out. So when I'm saying um, becoming more than our conqueror, we become more than our conqueror when we pour out the love of Christ. I'm reminded of this verse in Proverbs 11, verse 25. And it says this, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. I'm going to read that again. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. When we're pouring out the love of Christ, God is faithful to meet us where we are. He strengthens us through grace. Like I was saying, like we hear that all that Paul experienced in Corinthians, and we're like, bro, like, why are you doing that? Because <laughs> it's not his strength. God gives him the strength. God gives him the grace. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to develop this practice with my students, uh, with uh, yeah, our students, but as well my, my children. Every morning they come with us and they're like dragging their feet like, oh, do we have to set up? I don't want to volunteer, you know. <laughs> but it's, just, it's the practice when they understand just building up that muscle of like, man, God is good. And serving, God is faithful to meet us and to give us grace. The love of God is stronger than the power of death, stronger than the struggles in our life. Stronger than our current pain or the storm some of us might be in. Nothing can separate us. Last scripture I want to look at before we start to end this message. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26, verse 6 through 13. It says this. Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leopard, a woman came to him with an alabaster flask. 
a very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head. And as he reclined on the table, and when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. And I love what Jesus says here. But Jesus, aware of this, so they, he knew that they were thinking this. He knew they were mumbling and grumbling. And he said to them, why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done right now, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now, I don't fully understand what that means. But I look at this, and some theologians say that the, 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 the amount of oil that she put on his feet was equivalent to a life savings, right? So I, I can't speak for Jesus. I can't tell you what this means. But when I read this, and the love that I've received from God, the love that I experienced from God, I read this, and he says, a poured out life is not a wasted life. When someone is pouring out their life for Jesus, it's never wasted. Whatever it looks like. And even here, when you're coming in, you're serving. Man, sometimes it's hard. Like even this morning, I'm a Florida boy through and through. It was cold. <laughs> you know, and I know some people are like, oh, this is nothing. Yeah, I'm born and raised here in Florida. It's cold. You know, but still you come and you're like, God is good. He's faithful and he gives grace. And when we pour out, he refreshes us. He strengthens us. Well, we're, we're, so we might be concerned and worried, oh, man, how are we going to pay this bill? How are we going to do this? An emergency situation happens. Oh, I don't know how to figure it out. God sustains us. He gives us grace. And he waters us as we pour out. When we are confident and fortified in the love of Jesus, we cannot be conquered. We become more than conquerors in this life through the love of Jesus. Now, we're, we're about to go into a worship song. And uh, in a time of prayer. And I know that a lot of us are in different places in our journey of faith in Christ. Maybe we've never received the love of Christ. Maybe we've never experienced this type of love that Paul experienced. Right? That even some of us will have some testimonies, right? We can have conversations afterwards of like, let me tell you what God did in my life. Maybe we never, we never had those type of experiences. Or maybe some of us are an empty cup. And we can't pour out because we just, we're empty. We need to be filled. We need to be strengthened in our spirit, in our inner man, as Paul's describing in scripture. We're going to have a time, our leaders are going to come up. We're going to worship at this song. And I just believe that, that God is going to fill our reservoir. God's going to give us that grace to become more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors in him, through him that loves us. And as we gaze on his truth, as we root ourselves in the love of God, we can accomplish great things. I look around this room and I'm inspired. You know, as cliche as that may sound, I really am because I see purpose, I see destiny. I think so often, you know, of that scripture in Esther chapter four and Mordecai is encouraging her and she's troubled in, a, in her situation. And Mordecai, Mordecai says to her, he looks at her and he says, look Esther, I know this is tough. This is a hard thing you're about to go, go through. But who knows? Who knows if you've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this? I believe God has called us 
to live in this day, as crazy as this world is right now, God has called us to be light, to be salt, and to influence this generation. Just gonna pray and the team's gonna begin to lead us in worship. And again, we're gonna have ministry leaders up here. But God, we just thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you that even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, you're making a way, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are mighty. You have no rival, there's no equal. No one can compare to you, God. When we're anchored in your love, anchored in the reality that the living God cares for me, when we make our first things first, Lord, you meet us where we are. God, meet us this morning, encourage us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.